Hi, welcome to Positively Positive. If you're new here, I go by Sam and I have genital herpes, HSV2. Today we're talking about the most common misconceptions of herpes simplex virus, the people who do and don't get it, and the shitload of wrong information out there. I cannot possibly cover every single falsehood that exists. I would be here literally forever. So I'll cover 13 big ones, quick and easy, actual truth behind each one. This is a great episode to send to potential partners, friends, and family members. So if that's you, welcome! Let's talk about herpes, baby! Number one misconception. You've been tested for herpes. Nope! When you ask to be tested for everything and all STDs and STIs, herpes is left out of that testing. Herpes is not routinely tested for if you do not show symptoms. There's no regulation around testing. Even if you had a super diligent doctor who did give you the correct test, which many don't, they won't inform you of a positive status if you have never shown or complained about symptoms. In order to be sure of your status, you need to get your paperwork and see it with your own eyes. See if there is an HSV blood test, an IgG blood test to be specific, and this is the only way to truly know if you are a carrier or not without symptoms. Silent carriers make up roughly 80% of all herpes carriers. Silent carriers can and do pass the virus on to others, and those people may or may not experience symptoms of their own. Listen to my episodes on testing and transmission for more in-depth information on all of that. Misconception number two. Cold sores are not herpes. Well, this is wrong. Cold sores are caused by a virus that lives in the trigeminal nerve, which is a spot near the top of the spine behind the cheekbone. Tricky little spot, fabulous hiding place for a virus. And when the virus comes out, it presents as sores, cold sores, most commonly on and around the lip area. Which virus, you ask? Why, herpes simplex virus, of course. Nothing else causes cold sores. Call them whatever you want. The fact is, bud, you have herpes on your face and it's fine. Which brings us along to misconception number three. Cold sores are different than, better than, and not as bad as genital herpes. This is false. Genital herpes is caused by that same virus. Different location, yes. Genital herpes lives and hides in the nerves at the base of our spine, not the top like oral herpes. Misconception number four, before you jump all over me about type, is that you cannot pass oral herpes to someone's genitals. You absolutely can pass oral herpes to someone's genitals. Just like you absolutely can pass genital herpes to someone's mouth. This is through our lovely activity called oral sex. Yes, there are two types of herpes simplex virus, type 1 and type 2. Both types can occur orally and genitally. The type does not magically change when it is spread from one location to the other. The only way to know for sure which type you have in a specific location is to have a fresh active outbreak, aka a sore, swabbed for DNA. This is how I was diagnosed with HSV2 on my genitals. Lovely. It is said that HSV2 is more common genitally and HSV1 is more common orally. It's also said that HSV1 genital cases are rising each year. Many of the people I know with genital herpes have HSV1. 
HSV-1 is said to be more common orally, which most people got as children when a family member with the virus kissed them. That's right, herpes is not just sexually transmitted. Another misconception. We'll count that as number five. The fact is, no one goes to get their cold sore swabbed for DNA to find out which type it is. Your doctor would probably look at you and be like, bruh, it's herpes, y'all need a swab. Go home and take it easy. There are very limited studies on oral HSV-2, which is why there was so little information on it. The data literally does not exist. The point is, you have herpes. The type doesn't really matter, the symptoms are all the same, they just show up in different places wherever you contracted the virus on your body. Moving away from the technical misconceptions and onto the societal ones, number six. Only people with many sexual partners get herpes. Only the promiscuous, careless, dirty, and those who cheat contract it. Incorrect! I did not get herpes from a one-night stand. I personally know and have spoken to people who got herpes the first time they had sex. People who did not have penetrative sex at all. People who did get it from a casual partner. People who got it from their husband or wife or long-term partner who had not cheated on them people who have been cheated on, as well as some people who got it from a person they just met. The point is, who you are, what you look like, where you come from, and what your sexual practices look like are a joke to herpes simplex virus. It does not discriminate. It does not wait for you to hit a certain number of partners. It is, quite possibly, the most inclusive thing on planet Earth. We could all learn a lesson from HSV on non-discrimination. And the dirty comment? That's just factually incorrect. You're not clean because you don't have STIs, and you're not dirty if you do. People who don't bathe are dirty. Let's all remove the idea of being clean from our sexual health conversations right now. Which ties into misconception number seven. Condoms and other barrier methods prevent the spread of herpes. This is false. They definitely greatly reduce the chances, but they do not prevent transmission 100% because herpes is spread through skin-to-skin contact. And unless you're wearing a full-body latex onesie or a hazmat suit, every inch of the infected area is not covered. Now, that either sounds like some really kinky or really boring sex, depending on what you're into. There is no such thing as safe sex. Only safer sex, regardless of your STI status. Misconception number eight is a two-parter. First part, people with herpes are always contagious. This is wildly not true. Majority of the time, herpes is dormant, no symptoms, not contagious. It is transmittable some of the time, and this varies by individual. Herpes can be transmitted directly before, during, and after an outbreak at which time I recommend that no skin contact is made with the infected area. Unless, of course, you would like to get herpes. It may be contagious during prodrome, which is when you feel slight sensations but don't actually have an outbreak or any visible symptoms. Part two is the misconception that you are only contagious during an outbreak. This is not true. The other times herpes is transmittable and why it's so prevalent is called asymptomatic viral shedding. 
This sciencey word means that the virus is present on the surface of the skin, but no sensations or symptoms are occurring. The person carrying the virus does not know they are shedding. There is no way for them to know. Studies say that for a carrier who never experiences symptoms, remember that's roughly 80% of all carriers, asymptomatic viral shedding occurs roughly 10% of the time. To my knowledge of who I contracted herpes from, I was lucky enough to have sex with them during that 10%. Fun! Asymptomatic viral shedding can last a few minutes, an hour, or a day. There is no rule book. And even if there was a rule book, herpes would probably break it, because it's a tricky little bastard. Okay, let's get <laughs> to misconception number nine, which, oh god, I don't even want to bring up, but I do feel it has to be addressed. Google images. Don't do it. For the love of God, don't do it. Even my first outbreak, which is the worst and most severe outbreak for most of us, did not look anything like what you see on Google Images. You will freak yourself out, trust me I did it, and if you want to know what outbreaks and symptoms actually are like, ask the person you're thinking about sleeping with what they experience. Ask other people with herpes, there are lots of great folks on Instagram who talk about it, trust me. It is different for everyone, and Google Images is a fiery pit of hell that does not reflect the life of the living. Okay. <laughs> Next misconception, numero dis. I think I just mixed French and Spanish there, whatever. Uh, it's something someone brought up to me on my Instagram and it's geared towards folks with HSD. The idea that you can go right back to normal after initial diagnosis and treatment. This one is tricky because this looks different for everyone. The woman who helped me through my initial diagnosis was having sex again in a few weeks, literally was like, yeah, I have herpes, it's normal, and it's common, I have shit to do, okay, thanks, bye. Did not bring her down at all. She is a god. For many of us, myself included, due to this stigma, which I have a whole in-depth episode on, we have a bit more emotional shit to sort through. As far as your life going back to normal, whatever that is, I can say that for me, yeah, my external life is pretty much the same. Now I tell potential sexual partners my status and have proper, healthy conversations around sexual health that I never used to, I deal with outbreaks as they come, and other than having a podcast about herpes, <laughs> my life is literally the same. Internally, I'm also a completely upgraded human. So there's that. And I wasn't there initially, but I am now, and it's a journey that doesn't really have an end date. HSV led me to a sexual awakening through education, unlearning, and relearning. It led me to explore who I really was as a person, and why. It made me more empathetic, it leveled up my communication skills in all areas, and it showed me that I am more resilient and strong and powerful than I ever even knew. And to be honest, I thought I was pretty badass before, so that's saying something. <laughs> and if you didn't, now's the perfect time to accept that you are all those things. You are strong. You are vulnerable. You are resilient. You are powerful. Crying doesn't change that. Being on a roller coaster of emotions doesn't change that. There's no timeline for your healing. My hope is that I can speed it up for you a bit, but this is an individual path. 
And as long as you feel your feelings and allow yourself grace, you're gonna be okay. There are people out there who say herpes is the best thing that ever happened to them, and I absolutely believe them. This statement is a bit much for me. Real talk real quick, I'd probably be okay being slightly less awesome, less educated, not having herpes. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> but the fact is, I do have herpes. It's fine, and I am better for it. Ugh. Being a good, educated, compassionate person is such a burden. Number 11. You cannot have children if you have genital herpes. This is false. Many people can and do have healthy vaginal births with perfectly healthy babies. Make sure you and your doctors or midwives or whatevers know your status. Depending on your experience with outbreaks, it may be advised to go on daily antivirals at some point in your pregnancy to avoid getting an outbreak around your due date. You should be good to go. C-sections are recommended for those that are in the midst of a genital herpes outbreak when labor comes. Because as you can imagine, a little baby passing through a vagina will come into direct skin contact with that genital outbreak. HSV is extremely dangerous for infants. I would be negligent to pretend that it's not. C-sections for the win in this case. Number 12. Herpes suppresses your immune system. Nope. HSV is not an autoimmune disease. You are not immunocompromised if you get herpes. It is a virus of the nervous system. The only thing it makes you more likely to contract is other STIs, all of which, yes, all, are treatable or completely manageable. Without getting too sciencey here, this is because the skin cells in that area have already been weakened and it gives other infections an easier starting point to get in. And now for our closer. Lucky number 13. This is for listeners with HSV. Our final misconception is, drum roll please, herpes changes who you are. You will never date or make love or have sex again. You are unworthy of being loved, of being fucked. You are unworthy and your sex life is over. Bring, bring. Hi, caller number 13. What do you have to say about this? Hi, oh my God. Wow, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I've been trying to get through all week. Oh my god, I'm a little nervous. So I just want to say to everyone out there that that is all wrong. I have herpes and I'm totally worthy of love. I'm worthy of sex. I'm worthy of flirting. Nothing about who I am changed as a person. And I just want everyone else out there to know that. I also want to shout out to my mom and my dog Pepper because this is their favorite podcast. Wow. Thanks so much, caller number 13. We're glad we finally got you on air. And that's all for today, folks. We hope you enjoy the weather this weekend. Or weekday, because this is a podcast and you can listen whenever you want. And I have no idea what day it is. Thanks for listening. Share this link with anyone you think would help, leave five-star reviews, and follow me on Instagram at Positively Positive Podcast. 
Check out the website, PositivelyPositivePodcast.com, for resources, tools, videos, and lots of amazing HSV content. If I've helped you and you'd like to say thanks, visit the support page for options, buy me a coffee, join the Patreon, or get yourself a Positively Positive sticker. If you just want to say hi, email me at PositivelyPositivePodcast at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail on Anchor. I'm out here, okay? I keep my real name private for now, but keep listening because that changes, and it will always be me reading all your messages. You are not alone. I'm living Positively Positive, and you can too. Thank you.